Signs of the Southland, Monday, June 20th, 2022. Mr. Grant and Mr. Purdy, uh, Little Birdie, one of our sources has informed us that one of Georgia Tech's residence halls uh, may have caught fire earlier today, maybe? Yeah, take this with the grainiest grain of salt ever, but one of my one of my group, the last groupies I'm still in on campus said uh, Glenn is on fire and as they were about to go play soccer. What that means, I have no idea. It could have just been a stove fire, not a real fire. Who knows? So all that to say, Tech is not uh, not not outside the forces of nature still. That said, if it was Woody's, if 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 it was Woody's, they would have accelerated some planning. But that said, we hope no one got hurt. If this was real, if it's not real, thank goodness. Let's talk about campus construction. It's infrastructure week at Georgia Tech. There is a lot of stuff going on on campus. I walked by a construction project from or as I was walking back from the Atlanta United game on. Sunday. So let's start with that. The Harris and Cloudman freshman dorms are under construction. Currently, it looks like both of them are being gutted. Um, and at least I think the roofing also is being redone on both of those buildings. Jack, I think you have one more update from a different part of campus. Yeah, I will also note if you haven't been to campus in a long, long time, that road, that that stretch of Techwood from Northside to bot to uh, Freshman Hill has been paved over, as well. So it's a little bit better there. But yes, the student center, the now John Lewis Student Center, has been under construction since 2020. Yeah, since 2020, they they gutted, they took down the building that had rec radio and all that stuff where the subway was. If you've been there in the last few years, and then just gutted the inside entirely outside of most of Tech Rec. Um, the bowling, the bowling lanes are still there. Uh, I, I have walked by a few times. It's there's far more windows than there used to be, and so if you walk by at night, they still have all the the lights on. I don't know if it's for testing or whatever, but like you can see pretty much everything inside there just from walking around. Um, and they've opened up the the area around the campanile, so you can go right up to like the doors and whatnot. Um, it looks a lot more uniform to how the rest of the new buildings are so it like it, it has the same feel that West Village does has the same feel that the exhibition hall has and that whole stretch uh, which I think is kind of the point of like the new style uh, so to say of what all tech's new buildings look like there is metal in there there's cut yeah the, the, it's kind of not, not less brutalistic concrete <laughs> if you want to put it somehow that way um, tech rec has not moved the bowling the bowling lanes are still where they were from what I can tell, there is a kitchen now next to the Tech Rec, though, of some sort. So there may be an immediate food option like it, within the confines of Tech Rec, which will be really nice. Um, they were still lo looking... It seemed like the, the main staircase was still had, had a ways to go. Um, but beyond that, uh, the food options will be back. Nothing's labeled, so I have no idea where the Chick-fil-A is going. But I assume it's going to go back in there because that made it really easy to put it there. Um but it does look way nicer, and it looks more modern. Um, you're not going to have those empty ceiling tiles like me and Jake did when we were in the line at Chick-fil-A for those midnight milkshakes or whatever years ago, uh, which that was its own thing. But, yeah, so that, that building looks a lot better, um, and I think especially come football season, that'll be a nice little spot to go into. It'll actually be usable for, like, you know, bathroom stop, air conditioning for the hot games and whatnot. So, as a whole, this is good for all of campus, and I'm glad John Lewis gets a shot at gets a gets a building game that through on campus. I got to see him at uh oh what's it called whatever the, I'm forgetting what the theater's called, which is dumb because I worked across there for years. No, the first theater, first theater. Um, 
he spoke there at one point. That was that was the only time I ever got to see him. But I think it's for me personally, it's really cool that the one place I saw him at, literally at one pebble's throw away, the building's named after him now. So all good things there. Very fair. I mean, Jake, we haven't been by the student center, the campus center since NCAA NCAA swim championships. So it's interesting to see how that part of campus has developed, especially since we graduated. And then I mean, the, even the last time that we've been there, because that whole block now not only has the campus center, it also has the rec garage, which you'll touch on in a bit. Oh, I forgot um, about that. And- My bad. Oh, no, you're good. I was teeing Jake up for this. So you have the campus center in the corner. You have the rec garage in one corner. And then there's just this nice little walkway, um, you know, around the around the campus center up towards sort of the exhibition hall um, yep. and the rest of campus that way. A lot of that sort of sidewalk infrastructure has been redone as well over the past couple of years. It's a, like a lot of new concrete. I know this is a little, little I, too much construction inside baseball, but it does look like the landscaping and everything does look really nice. This is this is prime construction inside baseball season. And I remember doing uh, a live episode with me just like wandering around campus looking for stuff to look at. And, and I remember one of our big things about the IC renovation plus, you know, exhibition hall plus outbuildings that they're building over there was like getting rid of those, the big like tree-lined, uh, like walkway between the IC and, and, uh, and I guess the first center, you know, the yeah. one, it was like long and straight and now mm-hmm. it's a little bit curvy. And like, I think as those trees fill in, you'll kind of get a similar, not the same effect, right? Cause it won't be identical tree, identical tree, identical tree. They're all purple for that same week in March kind of deal. But, um, but I think they've done a, a really good job. I'm very interested to see how the front of the student center by the Campanile uh, ties back in. I remember, uh, being a sophomore, uh, being being in rec club and, and kind of getting like the, oh, the student center is looking for people to comment on designs and being like, oh, I do remember that. <laughs> I love designs. And they're like, we're just going to move the campanile in front of the first center. And like the band kids who were there and like me and the, the rec club people who were there were like, no, 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 that's, that's not a- happening. That's they, That's a terrible idea. And it was a terrible idea. So they yeah. didn't do it. And we can all be thankful for that. Um, one thing I will add again, um, kind of tying in all of this is that rec garage. It, they have broken ground. I've been by honestly, since right around then um, as somebody who uh, they, they hit up all of us for money. Uh, they definitely hit they up, hit up for you for money. I wasn't, but, I had graduated by then. I have but, not, I would like to give money to that project. They never returned my emails. So, Hey, I mean, it, good for the taxes it's it's good to support the club yes that's why i donate to the institution for tax breaks (laughs) that's have you heard of texas football sir anyways um yeah anyways that garage i think does have a frame up now last i saw at least something defining that you actually identify oh it's going to be there now less than just a pile of dirt that it used to be and if you think about it what have all these buildings replaced right the and granted yes Football game day, RV parking, very sad, very sad. It's gone. But the outbuildings, the exhibition hall, and the rec garage all replace parking lots of various sizes. And yeah. just having key pedestrian circulation, unearthing some streams, uh, all that good stuff, accessibility improvements from the CRC clear through to Tech Green, I think is going to do wonders for 
what is already, I would say, underrated, at least in the, Jack, you kind of have known tech forever, but at least me as a, as an outsider, when I was applying, I was like, oh, it's in the middle of the city. Is it really going to be a campus? Techs are pretty underrated for its campusiness, uh, yeah. I think, and versus other people that I've talked to who are first timers. Um, my mom talks about it all the time, all the freaking time. Um, but I think this will do, <laughs> I think this will do wonders uh, for, you know, just in, improving that even more. Yeah, no, I had, I had similar worries. Like when I first toured there, like I, the first time I like truly walked it was my sophomore year of high school, like in the middle of winter during winter break. So like there was no one there. You didn't, you didn't get the real feel of what the place was like at the time. Um, and then when I did my real tour in the spring of uh, my junior year, was it my junior year? Yeah, whatever you're supposed to do it. Um, yeah, no, I definitely felt the idea. It felt the much more felt the vibe of like, oh, okay, I can be in the middle of campus and not hear a car. Like it's you, yeah. you got the sense when you when you sit there and you just look and you just kind of sit with the vibe of campus. You finally get the the vibe. You feel the vibe properly of like, oh, okay, no, this is kind of a little nice little oasis in the middle of everything. It is in the smack middle of the city. Like you just throw it throw a dart at the if you make a dartboard out of the perimeter and aim for the middle, you're hitting tech. So. It's it's remarkable that we have that, and I yeah, ample adding more pedestrian spots and making it more walk for a city that just sucks when it comes to bikes and pedestrian stuff in a lot of other ways. Making tech better at that is like at least a launching point is really cool. So, um, I I, I cannot wait to see the finished product once we get there in the fall. I I love this little trip into like us being an urbanism podcast for the summer because this is something I'm pretty. Low-key passionate about on the side, whether it's transit or biking or walking. Um, just the, the fact that tech, you know, like they they do a great job of promoting like the trolley as an option for people taking MARTA or working with PATH to, you know, even if you can't jam a multi-use trail through the middle of campus, like getting PATH well, built, look. getting, I mean, that's, a, that's essentially what Atlantic Drive is, right? It, it's them, uh, it's them saying, hey, this is a, a bike path, a bike highway, really, from the Wells Fargo clear to home park. But um, yeah. and then, you know, that's that's what this this path that they're building between the CRC and uh, and I guess Tech Green is going to be, you know, like you're you're really tying all that together. And I think improvements that hopefully the T-Sploss 2 coming through with the, the Bankhead Bridge re revitalization, tying tech to the West, um, you know, maybe other stuff's further in the pipe but tech does a great job of showing that walkability is a thing and i think that that all ties back into um like the tech square development and and really being part of the impetus for midtown being what it is because midtown mm -hmm. I, I in my humble opinion and there's a lot that could be better about it but it, it really embodies i think some of atlanta's best uh you know livability walkability uh, all, all that good stuff. And that it shows because it's expensive as heck to live there, which is why I, I currently don't at the moment. Let me tell you. Uh, well, but, yeah. but you raise a good point, right? Especially when it comes to tech working with the city in general. And it's that's not something that used to happen. No. Right. I, I mean, it, it's happened in our modern era, right? Since the, since the opening uh, or since tech bought what is now Tech Square and all that land in Midtown, that's... It, it's been more of a public-private partnership or a public-public mm -hmm. partnership in this case because Georgia Tech is a public entity. But it, you've seen more of this synergy between Georgia Tech and the powers that be at Georgia Tech and, and the city and, it, and its more urbanist elements. It's probably since 
96 or, or the early 90s, right when the Olympics show up um, to to the modern day. And that's super important as we continue as Georgia Tech, as we continue to move forward as a city. And then also as Georgia Tech continues to expand and make improvements to its campus, tie, like you said, tying into path, making improvements to where, where it can to tie into other urbanist improvements in the city and making Georgia Tech as and its surrounding area a better place to live and work in. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think, and we'll, we'll get into the rest of the episode in just a second, but I, I think Tech um, in particular has, has made great strides with that, just if you look how it's changed its opinions on land use, um, but also at the same time, I, I don't think George, uh, Atlanta as a whole, granted lots of fits and starts, really gets enough credit for how much it has changed and improved in at least the six years I've been around. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the Beltline East Side was, was a thing when I got here, but nothing else was around other than like brand new ponds and yeah you was, know, was, south, south thing, side belt line that wasn't a thing like that you, you know then and west side will be done soon or and it's slowly it, being pieced together right yeah. you can go from basically from tech all the way down to Krog street in one go and basically jog back and and, um, and <laughs> i was gonna say once they once they finish that northeast segment you'll be able to go from tech clear all the way to almost the perimeter on path 400 uh, in, yeah. in protected lanes too. So that, that'll be big. And, and mm-hmm. granted 285 and 400 expansion is a great example of how the the state does not do a good job of that. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. You've, you've and, hit and a we don't have point to. for me. <laughs> I, we'd be remiss if we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that amongst all this, there is like that, you know, 2 billion campaign that just got launched as well. Um, which, so who knows what this discussion looks like and, I don't know. Well, it's it's a that's a very long term play that Cabrera's got with this, but like us three doing this again in ten years, if some form or fashion of it, we're having a very different conversation because of probably the effects of that as well, and what plans have been able to be fostered out of that, assuming they get the money. And that raises a good point, especially considering we've seen some of their expansion plans, uh, some of the more near term expansion plans already. Right? You know that. Or we know that Scheller Tower and the and the other towers are coming up on on the uh, old PTS yeah, the lot soon. Yeah, the uh, those are coming soon. I think there's been some budgetary issues with the state there, um, and so it's just a parking lot for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know that we know about Science Square on the old Technology Enterprise Park side. Um, yep. That'll be coming up soon, and and with a two billion dollar cash infusion into the into the school, I mean you're talking about uh infrastructural improvements in some of our older buildings right you're talking about the ae building that hasn't been renovated since it was built in the 60s yeah um 40s how we could use some love too how how we could well how he just got gutted a little bit it's lecture halls got gutted but but it's stuff like that like van leer is next on the list to get renovated um and you're seeing that money for better or for worse get put to use Right. I mean, it's not just sort of going into people's pockets. It does seem like some of that capital cash, that literal capital is going into improvements across campus, albeit at the at the pace of institutional bureaucracy. Yep. Definitely a lot of that, too. Yeah, absolutely. The last update that we had in terms of construction before we move on to this week's more key bit um, there are a couple of construction, prog- the construction projects ongoing 
at CRC. Mr. Purdy, you had some insider information on that. Well, if by insider you mean I've seen the outside of the fences on the front lawn of the CRC, then there you go. That was hey, I'm glad we're at this. We're, we're, I'm glad we got this report now. But no, yeah, if, if you drive by right now, there's a there's fence there's fencing. It is curtained off though, like it's got that black tarp around it. So I I don't know what's there. Um, I'm not recommending you uh, just if you're t- if you I'm not tall, but if you're tall enough, you can jump over and look over the other side of it. You can find out what's there. But it has enclosed. I think it has enclosed the red sculpture. I don't actually know. I haven't gone in the CRC in a hot second, so. Um, I don't know if it's like they're building something there or if it's like they're trying to get to the pipes underground or whatever. I don't know. It's kind of in that area. No one ever walks across anyways. So um, inconsequential to the day-to-day run of life on campus right now. I, I will say I all my information is like probably three years outdated at this point. But there's, you know, I remember walking around and seeing trash cans and, you know, needing that after a rainstorm. So maybe there's uh Maybe there's something to it there, but anything I've got is just conjecture because I'm old and uh, that's that's not something anyone's posted on any website for us to take a look at. So You also don't live there anymore. True. I don't. Metaphorically and literally. You literally do not live next door to CRC anymore. <laughs> I literally lived inside the building for many years too. Uh, All right. Let's get to our marquee topic of the day. Uh, we've been getting this question a lot based on what just who we talk to, what we're interested in. Um, Atlanta is on the short list for World Cup hosting in 2026. That announcement came down on Thursday. Very excited about that. But a more Not the short list, the list, the list. Well, it's a very short list, literally. <laughs> Uh, it's only what 16, 16 cities, 16 cities six, six, yep. yeah, 16 cities uh, for World Cup 2026. Uh, just a very quick note on that. Um, that is 12, 11, 12 American cities, and the rest are there's three Canadians, and I think two 11, 11, 11 US, two Canada, three Mexico. Yeah, good call. Um, and that is a 48 team World Cup that'll be in 2026, uh, 16 groups of three. Uh, that'll be its own cluster. Uh, at that point, four years from now, but you know, there's already a cluster this winter to worry about in soccer land. Anyway, the point I'm trying to get to is I think a list that went a little undernoticed or, or uh, undernoticed, I think is the right word I want to use, is the NWSL expansion list. Um, the, recently, it was, there was a uh, well sourced report coming out of the National Women's Soccer League about a shortlist for expansion teams in 2024. Uh, that list included Atlanta, uh, included, I believe, uh, Salt Lake City. I want to say Philadelphia was on there, uh, a bunch of different cities. But let's talk about Atlanta. I wrote a piece a couple months ago talking about NWSL and uh, where it should expand to and how it should and where it would play in Atlanta. But that begs the question there's not that many women's soccer programs in the state right you have emory who's d3 you have uh athens which is your d1 but they're in the middle of nowhere so really in terms of in the city your options for women's soccer since the death of uh the last major women's soccer league are extremely 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 limited so why not georgia tech Right. Why hasn't Georgia Tech 
invested or why maybe we should phrase the discussion like this why should georgia tech invest in women's soccer especially as atlanta grows in its uh, women's soccer stature with nwsl on the horizon and especially as atlanta has this pedigree as a soccer city as you know noticed by fifa and the world cup bid committee mr purdy i want to get your thoughts on this first what do you think makes Georgia Tech a good candidate for a women's soccer program at the D1 level? Oh man, I mean, a, a gazillion reasons. I mean, for one, I mean, for one, I've been to, I want to say, ninety percent of the home United matches since twenty seventeen, and just the overall just, just just a pure experience of just enjoying the sport. Like, remove the culture around behind Atlanta United. Remove the hours of tailgating you do beforehand with the supporters groups. Um, remove the post-game stuff, just remove all of that. Just, it's very easy to consume soccer when you're watching it in person because, A, you know how long it's going to go. Two, I mean, give or, plus or minus like three to five minutes, but like that's way better than baseball, which is plus or minus three hours sometimes. Uh, you know the rules. You kick it. You can't use your hands trying to get in the goal. You don't really have to worry about offsides, and so you really have to worry about it. So it's it's a bridgey cross when you get there. Yeah, you – oh, Sorry. Oh, all right. Well, anyways, so, I mean, like, it's a very easy-to-consume sport, for one. So, for Tech being a historic, a very historic sports school, I mean, we have innovators of the most popular sport in America immortalized in front of our stadium with Mr. Heisman um, and, Mr. and Bobby Dodd and other respects, but it's Tech is a very international school right now. It's not exactly like super sports focused right now, I would say. I mean, if you go to a football, I mean, the last three years are not good sample sizes in terms of like what, how much sports matters to us right now is it for the students. But in terms of just the convenience factor, the easy, the ease of understanding, um, and the fact that everyone touches soccer at some point in their lives, no matter where you are in the world, if we have any version of that at Tech, that's huge. Uh, because that makes a very palatable, that gives a very palatable platform for tech students to engage with each other more, um, and also around a team. Like, we can't all band around the Solar Car team because their races are in the summer. It's we can't. I mean, we we could all band around the football. We try to band around football, but like half the school doesn't understand the rules. It seems sometimes. Um, baseball is baseball takes forever, and sometimes it's cold in February. And then there's only some people that can get in the get into O'Keefe. And then basketball games happen when we're asleep on Saturdays or late at night and during the week. So it's in terms of the sheer convenience, this seems this seems like a slam dunk. Also, Atlanta itself, we're just massive. We have talent for everything. Like people, the college football is starting to understand the talent part, and so we're getting heavily recruited. And growing up, everyone I knew played soccer. So I played baseball, but I think there, there's a gazillion factors. I mean, what, what else do y'all think? I, uh, I'm gonna, you know, I know this is a soccer episode and all that great stuff. I will say before we dive in, winning solves a lot of those problems. You know, if, if we're good enough yeah, that, yeah. that baseball is good enough that people have to go see a game and, and we've, we've seen more people go to baseball in the last couple of years when we've been returned to form, you know, regional contender beat, uh, rivals, things like that, um, you know, can hit home runs for days. They'll at least go to a couple innings a couple times a year. Football, yeah. more people went when Akshay and I were freshmen than go now because we were better and people saw it as a better use of their times and their friends took them, right? You're saying, oh, like, maybe not everyone knows the rules. Well, you know, if 
I, I would drag my floor because I'm like, hey guys, like we're three and oh, let's go. And then of yeah, course the community you know, experience is something that has to be factored in. Then of course we're three and oh that first game that is a loss was a Clemson on a Thursday night. Everyone goes, this was a waste of my school time when I could have been studying. They go, oh my gosh, I thought this we made a great play. And it turns out it was a safety that hurt us, you know, and that those kind of things add up. And yeah, I'm not gonna say it's been all downhill since because oh man, got me. Got a, Got a got a couple good bowl wins in there, or a good bowl win in there, a couple good VT wins in there, a win in Athens, all that good stuff. But wow, three of those things were all in the same year. Anyways, continuing Whoa. on, like I, I get it. I played like Sunday league soccer as a kid, but that game resembles the modern game in a way that baseball resembles t-ball. If you know what I mean, like it's not right. It's not the same game, and and until like. I came down to school till I met the guy who's on the other side of this podcast. So we haven't let talk in five minutes. Like I had no connection or no desire to, I was, I was an active soccer hater. Right. So I think, Oh yes, he was. Let me tell you the same things are always going to hold true because no sport is a silver bullet. Right. Maybe, maybe basketball comes the closest, super easy to understand and big enough that everyone's filled out a bracket in the same way that like, like, you know, maybe you say, hey, international kids or a different selection of kids like soccer than like baseball or or a different selection of international kids, you know, uh, or maybe like, you know, northern kids know basketball versus a lot of touch points. That's all a bunch of, you know, like everyone's going to have something that they don't like understand. And I think it's more about finding something as like that common, like, or as not even a common, just like disparate entry point, right? Because if you fall in love with going to Bobby Don for a, an Atlanta United soccer game, maybe you're going to like going back for a Georgia Tech football game. And maybe that applies to Georgia Tech soccer too. Or, or you know, or like, oh, wow, I really like going to Tech baseball. Softball is good this year. Why don't I go check them out? It's $3, you know, like <laughs> the, the, it's about getting those touch points. And I, and I think that's one thing that this would do with the popularity of soccer, of women's soccer, of, in general, it's just another great option, right? You, you said it, we have the talent. I think more so we have the need, right? Like <laughs> just to like be competitive with the rest of the ACC to, mm-hmm. you know, get get those games on TV to, um, you know, recruit those types of, uh, of athletes that, that want to play soccer and, and all that good stuff in terms of needs. The one thing <laughs> that we need the most in order to make it happen though is space, which is the critical, critical, critical thing we don't have. There's going to be interest, right? Sickos like us will go to every dang game. Like that's just who we are. But yeah, like the question, I think money and space are the two most uh, in demand thing in sports. And in particular with us, you know, tying back into that urbanism, Midtown does not have a lot of empty lots in the middle of it these days. Oh, no, it doesn't. And we went through, God, when prepping for this, we spent an hour prepping just our potential locations for this team. But before we get there, I want to I touch on a couple more things. I think both of you are, are, are extremely accurate when you say that um, it's a really important cultural touch point on campus, right? You have tech putting more and more influence every year in its in its graduate programs, which are overwhelmingly, uh, you know, international focused, um, and giving them a um, giving them a anchor point on campus, like soccer, that's very easily accessible, um, helps that that community out. And it also helps generate, uh, generate camaraderie and, and like, 
desire and passion for a school amongst a population that's not necessarily um, not necessarily always motivated to do that in a, in a graduate school setting. And on top of that, you soccer itself is an insanely passionate sport, right? I, I think you, you're seeing that in Atlanta a lot based on the U.S. men's national team and women's national teams, their attendance when, a, when they show up to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You're seeing that with Atlanta United every weekend. Um, you've seen it every weekend for the last five years. And so there are all these things that soccer does really well in terms of fan culture and fan passion that I think Georgia Tech can really take advantage of for its own campus cultural um, campus cultural needs. Um, I'll mm-hmm. add, uh, and this is something that I don't think either of y'all mentioned, um, tech, uh, Tech's Title IX compliance when it comes to sports is uh, <clears throat> murky at best. Yeah. Uh, there have been a couple of different things that we've heard uh, about how that works. I, I don't know if there's anything we can say 100% for sure on, on that. Uh, and then an important factor is that the ACC itself has a carved out exception for Georgia Tech in its uh, in, in its membership regulations, right? Uh, because of Georgia Tech, you're one of these sports that you can have as an ACC member can either be women's volleyball or soccer, right? That it's a weird quirk of how the membership rules worked out because Georgia Tech does not support and has not supported soccer. Um, in a long, long time. I, I, one thing before we, uh, we head over to the location stuff and talking about where a team would play potentially, uh, this is sort of an open question for Jake specifically because he's done the research here. When Tech had to contract its athletic department in the 30s, was there, I know there was a lacrosse program that did not get funded um, to D1 status. Was there a soccer program at the time? Men's or women's, it doesn't matter. Not that, not from anything I can tell. Um, lacrosse was kind of a pet project of Dr. J.B. Crenshaw, who was at Texas Athletic Director slash Modern Languages professor for quite some time. Um, so it, it, it wasn't so much as there was a demand. It was that he's from up there and he wants to bring North Sport down to the South and, and you know, mm-hmm. be that kind of outlet for it. It's... Uh, not something that really was come close to coming back ever since, even though I'd say that's probably for my money since women's swimming became a thing, the the one that's been bandy the most with the most uh, uh, vocal, at least from the club uh, athlete perspective on it in, in terms of just talking to some of the parents and uh, students that, that, you know, are, are involved with that. They're very gung ho about the, the, operation that they've got going there um but then again they all are there they are also uh one of the vaunted power programs in the uh, mcla which is quite a step up compared to a lot of competitiveness in a lot of club sports just because of the small nature of of lacrosse kind of the same way that we see hockey really um but hockey is intensely regional sport as well um why does the sec have more hockey championships we might ask hmm does it just really mean more who's to say uh, it sounds like uh, they, they'd be skating on a nice slush pond in, in Conyers for about one day a year is, is the vibe I get. But um, womp womp. in terms of other sports that didn't come back, Rifle also didn't come back. Uh, but uh, everything else, I believe, did did make a comeback. I'm I'm failing at quoting my own uh, article here. You can read that behind uh, 
Matt Brown's extra points paywall or over at uh, Beyond the Trestle. Um, if, if you're interested, I can send over a link, but that's, I don't know. It, it's not, it's not for lack of interest though. Like we, the, it's not like the men's or women's club teams have ever been poor. They're, they're quite good themselves. It's, it's a town that's seen an explosion in popularity. It's just not something that we really have a historic attachment to at all. Yeah. Those that play for those club teams, like they were, they were good. And probably also from Atlanta as well, who just like, didn't, they just like, they just chose the academics over whatever. I had a friend who was a good at Paidea and, had to play on the club team so that that was just it like that was just what we had i will say um just in my very biased and limited experience club swimming didn't skew as out of state as you think obviously club hockey does um yeah but like or sorry club club swim skewed pretty pretty out of state at least uh i'm amazed that you just said two statements that, that were completely opposite of each other i i, I meant that <laughs> There were more out-of-state people, it seemed, than in-state, but that, or at least relative to the the amount that that tech is. So I don't know how much it is is them electing to stay home, but I mean, if you if you've got the choice, you know, playing club at tech, if it's got your degree, that's that's a pretty compelling option. But that's not really the point here, right? The point is no. is is a varsity team, and and like I said, I, I think that you know, his, history is not going to be a thing either way because it just doesn't exist for it. But in terms of the, the question, the question just is always going to come back to money, land and time. Right. And, and yeah. land, obvious scarcity and, and money. I mean, come on. Like, I think <laughs> I saw that I, eye roll, but you know, it's, it's, it's just such a big constraint. I will say that for the purposes of our next discussion about where this team would play, let's assume that this is a Ted Turner esque vanity project. Okay. Some anonymous donor uh, has decided that he wants to, he, she, they wants to be the unabashed proprietor and owner of Georgia Tech women's soccer. Um, they have, uh, they have oodles of unlimited money. Where, where do you think they would play? We've developed a list of options. I'll start. We'll just sort of list these off. I think the golden goose site that Jake and I have been talking about whenever this has come up is the parking lot on West campus next to Woodruff, uh, well, ex Woodruff dining hall and the uh, Woodruff dorm. There's a nice square little parking lot that borders the dining hall uh, and Northside drive on its, I think it's, it's West and East sides or East and West sides respectively. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Jake conveniently has measured out the dimensions of this. And this and the lot looks to be 105 by 115 uh, in, in yards. terms of yards, in terms of yards. And that um, does include a slip lane on north side that would probably buy another five yards if you got rid of, but yes. Interesting. Uh, we'll keep that in mind. Uh, again, just to sort of encompass this discussion as we talk about the lot further, some of the requirements for what a stadium or a training facility would need to have um number one it has to have a fifa or ncaa regulation field which is 115 yards long by 75 yards wide um secondly in our opinion needs to be near or on campus let me let me jump in and just say that that defeats a lot of the existing like american football fields that you have if you're going and thinking oh why don't you just plop it on top of the american football field well 
they have to play paint extra lines wider than like the sidelines are because the width of the NFL field is far smaller than you think for soccer, even though it kind of can seem like to the especially on TV it can kind of seem like the other way around. But we got to go way wider than we than you may think. If you've seen football lines, American football lines drawn on a soccer field before, right? Like after a, you can sometimes see them on United games, but the grounds crew there does a really good job yeah. of using their paint Revolution eraser. games are the best. Um, Revs games, yes. The New England Revolution games always have lines down for the Patriots. Um, Sounders games will occasionally have Seahawk, the Seahawks lines down. Um, there were a couple of games where uh, when Nashville was still playing at the Titan Stadium. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When yeah. their field lines were down. If you've ever seen them, you know the you know the difference in in um uh in field dimensions and it it can be really confusing. And at the same time, one of those things is like one of the things with that is if you don't have an individual facility or at least a dedicated facility where you can paint over the lines, um, not paint over the lines, but at least erase the lines and repaint them, mm-hmm. it's a it looks very poor right we make fun of mls team. we just made fun of a bunch of mls teams for having field lines down or for football field lines down it just looks like you have not invested properly in your program and when you're talking about starting a program from scratch and you don't want to run it at cost you want it to be you know a shining part of the american soccer soccer pathway in this country um that's not something that you do. And that's not something that we're going to, you're not going to consider. Uh, and a couple other things It needs permanent stands. So we, and I think in most of these, we've accounted for some space uh, for permanent stands uh, for seating. Um, and then I had on here training facilities. Um, I think that's easier for soccer where you can just train at the stadium um, and have a small, uh, you know, workout space and um, like weight room in the stadium. Um, but that's, neither here nor there and that's something that can be ironed out our second option on the list behind the woody's parking lot that we talked about is the rose bowl field mr grant do you want to walk us through this one yeah so i'm just gonna throw this out there this one's not feasible but it's worth mentioning because i hear it all the time when this topic comes up Uh, in terms of rose bowl fields one it's infeasible because that is football's current outdoor practice field despite them having an indoor and using Bobby Dodd with relative regularity, especially now that it's been turfed. And I can confirm that based on having lived in a place with a view of Bobby Dodd Stadium and watching people work out there all the time. Um, So definitely it is uh, a blessing to have a lot of space, but in terms of Rose Bowl Field's dimensions, uh, for those that have ever seen a practice there, looked at it from above, it is not a, uh, how we say, full length, Uh, American football field, which we've already established is too small uh, for, for, um, you know, soccer Uh, in in terms of Rose Bowl field itself, including some edge grass space for, for safety. You do have uh, 50 to an end zone going North, but then going South, you run 40, 30, 20, 10 and five, but no uh, last five yard lines or second end zone due to the circulation space behind baseball. Um, The width of 75 that we've got also involves building from the literal wall of the indoor facility straight over to the hill on the side of um, Fowler Street. So really uh, uh, 75 by 115 sounds promising, but there's no and I mean, way. that's be, the literal you'd be lot running, size. You'd be running straight yeah. into walls or out onto streets at every out of bounds line or, or just getting plowed over on the track. At right. The and, 
to reiterate, that's the literal lot size. That's not yeah. a field size that would go on this lot. That's the literal, the, a literal lot being 75 by 115 is uh, concerning. Yeah. Um, because you need to not only fit a regulation field in there, but you need stands, you need safety space on each sideline, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Mr. Purdy, you had some thoughts uh, with regards to, or I guess we had some thoughts with regards yeah. to Bobby Dodd Stadium. Do you want to talk us through those? Yeah, I mean, we have we know soccer is te- technically feasible because United played nine, their first nine home matches were played there. So, like, they got it done. It was smaller, a very, it was a small field size. Um, per FIFA's ideal standards, um, if you were at a game, you could see that on the, where the brick wall was, where the road, where our road team usually stands on sidelines for football games. There was very little space from the end line to the brick wall itself, um, and no one got hurt. It's the fact no one got hurt is is astounding because if you were going full speed and had to slide or something like there was a not a good shot you were going to come out okay. Thankfully that had to happen, um, and also like the. It we not like there's gonna be a exhibition Mexican match in the fall at the stadium too. So like it's still happening in some form or fashion. Granted, that's probably more of a money grab than a proof case that we're hosting soccer later. Uh, yeah, get the money. It's good. We need it. We need it. We know we need it so that we can fund our women's soccer team. Anyways, but yeah, also also the soccer season runs during football, so that paint issue we mentioned would be rampant all year long because we'd have like the weird old yellow lines on top of or whatever. Uh, very bold color we'd need on top of the existing football lines unless we borrowed or bought out some of the paint that Mercedes-Benz uses to clear out soccer lines for football lines in a night. Um, something like that. So, yeah, it's small. Scheduling's not great because you'd have soccer one day, football the next day, or football and then soccer. Um, it'd just be... It, it would not be the logistically an easy thing for the Athletic Association to pull off. While it's existing infrastructure, you have to build literally nothing... Um, the idea of a dedicated space just doesn't come with that. So um, I would prefer that because you get you can fit 55,000 people in there in case we really need 55,000 people at a game. But we know that's not probably happening anytime soon So for a tech soccer game specifically. I will add yeah. uh, some other points in favor of Bobby Dodd and one that's against. But a couple other things about Bobby Dodd is that uh, it has hosted women's soccer before. It was the original home stadium of both iterations of women's a pro women's soccer in the United States uh, or in the city of Atlanta. Um, technically both of those are true um, yeah. with the Atlanta beat. Uh, and then the second iteration of the Atlanta beat moved to Herndon stadium after it was built or after it was renovated for football um, in Oh three. And then the league collapsed. So that didn't happen um, or that kind of went with it. Um, and Bobby Dodd itself has a pretty rich history of hosting soccer beyond Atlanta United. Um, it hosted the Atlanta Chiefs back in the 70s uh, at some point, whenever oh, that's the, cool. there were uh, overflow games. So, it, you know, there's precedent there. The, the, I think the major problem, other than the things that you mentioned, Jack, is that there's no real place to put extra training rooms, right? Yeah. An, an extra locker room. Um. There is a couple of vestigial locker rooms from prior renovations. Uh, I, we were told a couple of years ago that there is an old visitor's locker room that was used as a storage space or like a rec club space um, back in the day uh, before one of the more recent renovations. But that, that's been since sealed and closed off. Yeah, weirdly, weirdly, your best solution might be the Bill Moore building. <laughs> like 
get from that to the field somehow because at least you're going to get air conditioning. You can privatize some of the space. Like it's got you got movable walls. You've got private rooms there. Like, well, it wouldn't be a locker room. You'd at least get a room that's not a dingy old relic of a past stadium that we built on top of it, Bobby Dodd. So it's yeah. there, but it's like obviously there's no perfect solution with Bobby Dodd here. Yeah, you yeah. also have to remember that you have to build two of those. Right, you have to build one yeah. nice one for the home yeah. team, but then you need a training space for the away. Assuming team. they don't use the they, football one, I was going to yeah, say they, there's got to be some some way for down at the far end, um, like especially with the edge renovation coming. And I mean, this is maybe putting carts before horses, but like get the football weight room out of the south end zone and and maybe free up some space. But I, I feel like that's really pushing it because you're not going to take club space away under the east stands. You're not going to be able to jam it in right under the north like temporary stands or, or any not temporary is probably the wrong word but the the north like student section like there's just there's just nowhere to put it under there um yeah maybe you fill the wedge in the left corner but that that's that's tough too it, uh, it's, uh, yeah all things and again you need, two. you need two somehow yeah. um so that is an interesting problem that tech would have to solve at Bobby Dodd. Uh, let's move over to Griffin Field and Griffin Track. Jake, you measured this one out. I think this is sort of the second option that we really think of when it comes to putting a team, a soccer team on campus because the field is already there and because it's not super difficult to potentially turf over things like the long jump pit and the, and the sand pit and everything. Yeah. See, the thing there is, too, that... Uh... The football team already like impinges on this space too, just because they have such few like that like their their space isn't regulation anyways. Um, so like, yeah, it, it'd be annoying to put another team in the mix, but I think you know a team with three fields can can make do there. I think the main thing that I would think of as being the problem is yes, shot putt. You got to put that somewhere. Yes, um, the triple jump, high jump um, space got to go somewhere. Um, pole vault uh, needs to go somewhere. But that being said, I, I think this is pretty realistic. I think um, you can definitely rebuild the stands uh, from the old Jefferson, I forget the second hyphenated part of the name uh, that used to be there um, because they even tore down the last section of it that had the bathrooms and the water fountain for no it, clear That was torn down reason. recently too. Yeah. yeah, like the press box area that they had. Um, no, mm -hmm. Not really sure why they got rid of it, but really that whole footprint can, if you want to, think about it you can reroute the traffic right down that middle part between tennis and and the track and you know figure out how to gate some stuff off and, and whatnot or just accept that there's going to be people in your stands but um you know the, it's kind of a wasted amount of space just to have a ton of concrete uh, right along the track so you can you can figure out the stands there uh, and then you do have a little bit more space um around the edges um where there's just like a lot of car park around one end um you know, stuff like that. It, I think the stands can be figured out. I, I think my bigger concern is you're really, really, really running right into a track um, at the four corners and then yeah. all the track related paraphernalia that's in the middle. Like you just need such a long runway for, for pole vault and, and the jumps that like, I just don't know how you accommodate that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think another factor here is that having a, um, you know, having a literal track ringing your soccer facility, your soccer field is not typically a particularly good 
environment. We've seen that a bunch of times at the international um, and sometimes at the pro level, uh, the fans being that far away from the field, regardless of level, does not necessarily make for a good environment. I think you could get away with it just with how much tall stuff is around it, right? To kind of keep the sound in, whether it's the trees on the east side or the northwest side, the buildings on the biotech side, um, the indoor for, for football uh, on the south side. I think it'd be relatively intimate still, but you guys are also the soccer experts. So maybe don't trust me on that. On that, I opinion. mean, no, you're not, you're not wrong. Like it is, it feels enclosed. Like if you go to a track meet there, it's like, okay, no, you feel like you're in the track zone of campus. It's like you're bleeding it. Like, cause unless you're like standing on that, on this part of the stands where you can see both tennis and track, it's like, no, you know, you're there for track. Like it feels like it. There's people walking around everywhere. You've got everything going on in front of you. You can't really see the, the Rose bowl anyways. So like, it's a, it's a good spot. Um, and especially that in the west side, like where like that path that connects from the Turner building that goes up behind um, yeah. the science quad area, like there's there's a lot of, there's elevation there too. Um, and whenever track meets happen, like people are lining those fences. Uh, so like there's I, I, in terms of like people knowing how to use the space, people know how to use the space. Um, and I think in in giving itself, it it, it might, in terms of it, this might be your best bet in terms of dedicated soccer soccer atmosphere because it's gonna feel tight. It's going to feel tightest unless somehow you build the Woodruff thing properly. Um, it's going to feel tightest and just in terms of like you're as close to on top of the stadium as you can get. Um, the stuff's already there. You can build in a lot of the fun, like uh, cheapskate, like polo ground style stand on the, yeah, cliff on the yeah, edge yeah. from the bio quad or, or from the road and just kind of have that kind of like, like it's, it's really easy for people to kind of stumble across it too. And, and like kind of yeah. accident happen upon the environment. I feel like the people I talk to that are, at Clemson and kind of just wind up walking past Riggs Field are like, oh, that's cool. That's right there. Let's go. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I like this a lot. And you also get, and that's a good point because that happens at tennis a lot too already, right? Mm -hmm. You have mm -hmm. so many people that don't necessarily enter the, enter the tennis courts, but they ring that outside edge that's right on the street just to get a glimpse of what's going on. And that, that'll draw yeah. people in as well. Um, Let's move on to a site that's sort of, you know, close to campus, but still a little bit out Midtown High uh, and Henderson Field for, for APS. This is an already extant site, right? This is already used for a bunch of different sports, which, you know, it has, you know. Including it's soccer. Including it's already soccer. used for soccer. That's a good point. It, the concern that I have with using Midtown High is twofold. Number one. Uh, it goes back to what I was saying with regards to lack of investment. When you use a non-self-dedicated uh, self-dedicated facility, you run the risk of it just reflecting really poorly on your program because you're renting out the facility from another entity um, and you can't put your own branding on it. You can't sell your own stuff. You don't make any money off of concessions. It's, it's potentially a net loss game after game. Um, depending on how many tickets you sell and, and what the what your contract is. And beyond that, Henderson Field specifically has all of those field lines down. So the problem that we were talking about at Bobby Dodd with field lines just gets compounded at Henderson Field because they not only have the football lines down, I think they have lacrosse lines down. They already have pre-existing soccer lines down. Um, they may have a couple more sport lines down too. Um, and a bunch of different colors. And you, I've seen U.S. Open Cup games um, 
where uh, teams play on these types of high school fields and it just does not it's just not a good spectacle right i think part of soccer and part of the idea of soccer that we have in the city especially is that it's a spectacle and every game is fun and every game feels obviously we're talking about the pros but it all feels cohesive it all feels like a a cohesively planned a well-planned entertainment event and when you're talking about using an existing high school field that already has a very busy schedule too which which i can get to in a bit um it it just does not to me it does not reflect proper investment into this program yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't match the it wouldn't match the rest of the athletic experiences at tech I mean, everything else for the on-campus sports leagues, like, you know, cross-country and golf are going to be different just because of the nature of the sports. But for everything else that we can host an event on campus, you feel like you're playing at Georgia Tech because you actually are. Um, and, yeah, playing at Midtown would – yes, you're playing in Midtown as much as we like to tout we're the 404 school. Like, it's just not going to be the same. You're you're walk, you're going to get – you're getting you're, – you're playing next to Trader Joe's traffic. Like, it's not the same. You're, you're walking two miles from campus to play your games. And then on top of that, while Midtown has locker rooms, I assume it has football locker rooms. Those yeah, aren't dedicated something. facilities. Those wouldn't be dedicated facilities for, um, for this hypothetical program either. Jake, I think you had one note on this as well. I've got a question. I know this is a relatively new development, but why does Grady have a, or sorry, Midtown High, apologies. It's still this way on google earth but it's why, does midtown, why does midtown high have a um field with their markings on it at freedom parkway and the connector interchange like a full football field and a baseball stadium oh uh, yeah that's that's where their that's where their baseball location is um they not all their sport that maybe where they practice just for all i know um because because i know atlanta uses the i mean they use the other field for non-game purposes so i, I, I think henderson also is like a city field like not not in the sense that the city uses it for a bunch of things but a bunch of aps schools play yeah all the local high schools like a like if it's not at a school then if, if the name of the school like so i live i live in avondale states so that's where i'm recording from now there's an avondale high field avondale high is closed but the field itself in the end zone still says Avondale because that's just what it was um, and was the home team for years and years. Um, so regardless, so, so even though Midtown is like the host, they get the end zone credits, if you want to put it that way. But it's not going to it's not going to say APS or whatever. They just put the location of the field itself. So that all that to say their practice field is probably where you're finding there on Google maps there when you're the baseball field. Yeah. I was going to say, as somebody who goes to Woody's cheesesteaks a lot, there is always something every night on that field. So that yeah. doesn't surprise me, but it's just, you know, it, it, yeah, no, yeah. They, they, that field's too, too used up for them to use it every day. Yeah. And that, I mean, that sort of ties back to what I was saying about the schedule for Henderson, right? You have yeah. a bunch of different yeah. community events and then you have high school football, and then you have Atlanta's uh, ultimate Frisbee team, which whose name is currently escaping me. I think there's also an Atlanta pro lacrosse team that uses that field. Um, the outdoor lacrosse one, not the uh, box lacrosse one, the indoor one. Um, but it, it just, it's a bad fit for so many different. It, it's, it's the break class in case of emergency solution. Yeah. Uh, in this same realm, I, I uh, Jack, you'd mentioned when we were preparing for this, the field at Emory that's already hosting um, a, you know, D3 soccer program. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. And Emory probably other programs too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's the same break glass in case of emergency kind of option. Yeah, it's it's there. It's it's a very nice field, and it's I think they use grass. So at the very least, you're getting a good environment. You're getting a very nice it's something. If you were to re- if you were to replicate the closest to what tech could offer in a perfect world on campus, you'd play at Emory. Well, it looks um, like it's the same dimensions as Griffin Track, maybe a little bit longer, but just kind of hovering over it right now. Because it's got it's yeah, got a track around it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that building outside the Woodruff Rec Center where they have their pool, um, and they've got some stands. De- say they got some dedicated stands there. Um, for those that don't know, they have a very fun family track event during the summer that you can go to, and just it's an open race kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, you, it, I think it's less used um, than Midtown High, but I mean, yeah, all that to say, there are existing stadiums there that. If we really needed to, we could use, but it's not helping Tech's brand, so to say, and it does not align with the goals of the Athletic Association right now to use these stadiums. Never mind. Uh, straightaway is longer at mid uh, at uh, Emory, so that okay. uh, they, they have even more land there for for a soccer stadium. So just- wow, private university having more land to build whatever they want. Weird, huh? We could do it. Let's talk about another on-campus site. I promise there's not that many more of these. Um, we'll roll through some of these really quickly. The Burger Bowl. We have two different options for this because there are two different halves of the Burger Bowl. One is on the, I think this is the west side. That's the couch. This is the couch side. Yeah, the couch side. And then you also have the literal, I think, the old Burger, burger. King yeah. side. The, the Burger and Burger Bowl. Both of these are, I mean, I, if they were big enough i think they would be properly um I, I think they would be really good options but we've talked we talked before we started recording about some of the drainage issues that both of these sites have had over the years and you can kind of see it on, on google maps when you zoom in a little bit there is a lot of dirt a lot of a lot of just slick muddy areas because this is what right on top of a creek i think we were saying yeah, it's right on top of a creek, and I was—I think I was driving around campus with. Uh, uh, last time I was there, two, two times ago. Anyways, I, I cut through campus commuting a couple of days ago, um, and just the the fact that they tried to build the softball stadium when that was, or you know, one of the sites bandied about for the softball stadium was pitched as the Burger Bowl when its notorious drainage issues include uh, turning large chunks of it into mud for long stretches of the year and you know if you think that's bad for softball it's not going to be much better for for soccer right and mm-hmm. and plus you're running into the fact that you're running into hills on all sides of the couch field side and then on the on the burger bowl i guess side you're you know a chunk of this land that we have mapped out is currently a hill another chunk is a bunch of old growth trees and then a bunch of like the base supports of the, because uh, I think I think the second one, that white tower in the middle of of the image is literally the high ropes course. Yep. So, yes, that is correct. That is that is a no, I think, uh, from. Uh, That's called a TV stand. tower in our business. <laughs> in the <laughs> middle of the field, uh, it looks like it's at midfield. I think you could fit. Mm, okay, it's a tight fit. Um, I will say if they ever figure out their drainage issues, I think you could make this work. You can especially make the the first option that we have here, which I think is the couch side. Yeah, and also how we drew and also how you drew this, Jake, was field by field and not 
we we didn't I mean, we didn't do the op, the version where it's overlapping both fields in some form or fashion. And, oh, you're you're taking out that whole hill behind fitting it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Feasibly, it's like ridiculous. It's ridiculous in terms of like how much landscaping you have to do, but you solve the length issue that way at the very least. Um, and kind of unify the two spaces in a in in a, in a sense. That also probably includes getting rid of the challenge course as well. But sad, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's. There's a lot of orientations, I think, beyond the two that we have drawn up here. But, yeah, no, all that to say, the issues don't go away with that. It's a lot of – that one's more of an engineering problem than a people problem uh, yeah. compared to Henderson. Let's move on to another site that I think might have a couple of different people problems, the SAC Fields, which actually already hosts a bunch of club sports. They already host your club soccer's and your club lacrosse's. They, it is also a regulation-sized field. It is turf. It's not a very good turf product uh, nope, at all. Know. That would have to be <laughs> reinstalled. Um, and also, I think the one of the other issues from an institutional perspective is that this is a campus that is a Georgia Tech in like Georgia Tech administration, the school side uh, business. It's a money maker for for that side rather than Georgia Tech's athletic association, just because of the events that go on there. Jake, I think you had a couple more notes on why this wouldn't be a great fit. Yeah. So, I mean, as resident club sports guy, um, I I think it's pretty obvious that you'd have kind of an intramurals guy too. I think it's pretty obvious you'd have a revolt on your hands, uh, not only from students who just like use the field and, you know, Hey, we're going to build this video board, but we'll have movie nights or, you know, Hey, we're going to have, uh, Sunday mornings with these rec league teams out there, but you know, you get your intramurals or lacrosse and, and it, it, there's enough blowback to the lax or, or difficulty finding space for lacrosse and club teams and intramurals to practice and be scheduled that like you add another, it, it's already tenuous, I think is the point. And, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a school that does not have enough common use uh, recreational space for its students. Right. We have, we have this big piece of turf. Uh, we have the CRC. There's the burger bowl and then what tech green Peter's parking deck, tennis courts. And, and Oh, we'll get to some of these in a bit, like, but yeah, like is those lovely curved tennis courts that, that, that is literally, literally it in terms of outdoor recreation. And for school, that's 30,000 kids. That's not, that's not feasible. Right. And add on top of that, the fact that this would be closed, not only for their games uh, of this hypothetical team or teams, if you're thinking about men too, but also for, um, training and practice when like two hours a day for practice if you you think the uproar about band practicing is bad or you know rec league teams using this is bad like you're gonna have club ultimate frisbee or rugby out there having to practice at like 11 30 p.m because that is how little space you'd have and then all of those eat into recreational space for students and you know people that play cricket out there and fly drones and, and and all that stuff too that being said um, uh, I, I think it, it is a, a, a natural fit almost in, in terms of just the space that, that is there. I just, like, I don't think the CRC deck is wide enough to put stands on top of either or yeah. And, and I don't think you could make it like a second layer kind of thing. Like just, it's just, it's, it's outdoor sports, right? Somebody's going to kick a ball or throw a football and students aren't going to want to be like, okay, you can have the underside field or you know like that's just that gets messy real yeah it's not great it's not great like like literally sga would shut this down so fast 
What power does and, that and, have? And I didn't even get I didn't even get into the thing that you're absolutely right about the, the CRC making money off of this because they do. And that if there's one thing I learned working with having to, you know, schedule meets in the pool and stuff like that, it you know they love that, making money. Yeah, they love making money. <laughs> having a meet is not cheap. I'm sure it's not cheaper to to have that field space. Uh, let's go with our final sort of weird option before we get into some of our more exotic ones. Uh, Jake, you put together a proposal to use the varsity uh, parking lot. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm looking at this screenshot and I'm not sure it's a terrible idea, but I'm also not sure it's a particularly good one. Would you care to explain? Yeah. So from the varsity parking deck at Ponce de Leon intersection, um, if you include the right of way that Ponce de Leon no longer uses, thanks to, because Ponce de Leon used to dead end into Britain Dining Hall's back door, for those who didn't know. Yeah. Um, and then but, they uh, built the interstate. Thank you, interstate. <laughs> um, but if you use that, uh, that right of way that the street no longer uses from the edge of the parking lot, all the way up to the back of the urgent care, and I guess you could, you know, shovel up some bucks, buckaroos to take away the urgent care. I think you have a playable lot. That being said, this has been a spot of land that tech has coveted for, for years to make the um, moving of Peter's parking deck and other facilities to the, to the east side of the highway feasible and, and open up that tunnel. But you can do a lot worse than, than have your, your facility on this land. I think it would work. I don't think it's the best connector-related option. We'll get to that in just a second. But um, I don't know. It, it, Anything that gets rid of street or flat surface parking in Midtown, I think is a W though. I agree. I agree. So let's get into our sickos options. We have, I think four of them. Mr. We, I'm very excited about these. This, this will probably be our our last couple of things. Um, Mr. Purdy, would you like to walk through sickos option number one? For those that watch the MLS know that New York city FC won a title. You know that they played half their matches on a baseball field. They use multiple. They use multiple. I was supposed to go to New York December of 2020, and I mapped out the NYCFC matches. I was going to go to at least City Field, Yankee Stadium, and possibly Red Bull Arena just to watch them. It was crazy trying to figure that out. Anyways, but we thought about okay, well, is Russ Chandler usable? Like in that same idea of like, all right, let's just somehow fit it in the in the in the outfield. Yankee Stadium for NYCFC, they a allegedly have it within FIFA regulations. If you watch on TV, it does not look like it, but. Their right, their 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 left center field is very very deep. Like it's four oh eight. It's you you hit. That's a triples gap. Rush Chandler is not like that. It's the right field is very much stopped by Fowler, and left field is stopped by the Rose Bowl. So there are clear limitations. Um, if you put it flush on the like against the wall on the first base side, like against the against the road dugout, you end up running past the wall, and you end up running into like the batter's eye and all the storage stuff that's back there. So you get to, what, 131 by 105. But if you put it within the walls, it's really hilarious because you basically build, you basically can do it within a square of 96 by 90 in yards, which is only legal if you're playing a friendly, which is not how the NCAA season runs. Uh, so as so while it'd be hilarious to watch it, also though it meant the, mean the baseball team couldn't use the pitcher's mound because they have the flatten it. Um, they have to use a one of those temporary mound ones you use when you're like a 12 year old playing little league. Uh, so yeah, I have yeah. to believe that uh, Russ and Mac would not be happy about that. No, those yeah, those two those two gentlemen would not would not enjoy that. Now you could do it Oakland Raider style where you just don't turf it over, 
which would be hilarious, but just deadly. Also, there would be a, a zero fine, zero fine knees after that, but some very long slide tackles too. Um, anyways, yeah, no, it's it'd be it'd be nuts. But I mean, for all that to say, the the this sickos option is hilarious on thought. We thought it was possible for about two seconds, and then we saw how very infeasible this is with how much infrastructure is around it. I think there's one space of land that would cause more of an uproar than uh, than the sack fields and Russ Chandler. I think right. those are my oh, top yeah. two. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, the only one that would get close to that. I think those would those yeah. would be more. But I think Tech Green would have to be close to that list too. And I mapped it out. It's it's 85 by 117. It's a regulation. Like, it's legal. It's legal. It's downhill, but it's legal. You it's, also got to remove some trees. It's, it's sloped like yay. Nah, use the trees. Podcast is a visual medium. And your goal would be literally drilled into the concrete on both sides. And you just stand on the on the sidewalk. But Hey, that that just again, it just shows you how little physical space is on Tech's campus that does yeah. not currently have something on it. Like maybe you take over the MRDC parking lots. That's probably the last uninterrupted similarly. Oh, we didn't even talk hill. about those. We did not map theirs out. But no. then again, you're you're kicking a ball straight into the ME3057 lab or or you know, like Howie. Or, oh, gosh, can't have it here because Marco's nanotech will shake a little too much with all the people running by, you know? like that's, <laughs> You're starting to get into some weird nerd uh, considerations at that point. We'll break millions of dollars of research. <laughs> Over a soccer ball. Well, uh, riddle me this. How about putting a soccer field at uh, Peter's parking deck? I'm sure that'll go over well, wouldn't it, Jake? Unless you want to be running across a street to take a corner kick. Uh, and also eating the entire very steep hill that currently exists um, on the left-hand side, it would not work. You could, if you wedged one corner in front of Beta's front door, the other corner in front of Wesley's front door, and then played all the way down YJA, uh, Yellow Jacket Alley, Britain Drive, you would not run into a regulation size field. And this is just the field part until you are standing on the doorstep uh, of AKO and that yes that does include having to cross over an active street so who doesn't want to take free kicks on the on on, on the front porch of a sorority like tech could become famous for this <laughs> this could be a good this could be a great John Boyce bit put soccer stadiums where they shouldn't be and this and is definitely where one should not be <laughs> just have just have a uh like mini 500 style like crummy couches on top of all the frat lawns yes yes yes, yes. <laughs> yeah down uh, down fowler street but no it, it wouldn't work okay and our final sickos option uh honestly a piece de resistance to this entire project mr grant please walk me through your ideas to cap the connector so i don't know if you guys understand the art that i put in the chat because this is definitely the most artful option but podcasting is a visual medium the highway is definitely wide enough to do this and i think uh it would be a perfect compromise from the plan to uh cap the connector um i, I think if you think about the constraints you could go small with it and just make it wide enough to host a game but why do that no 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 i think the plan the best plan would be to center it on the O'Keefe parking lot 
this is the green rectangle in, in the picture for those of you following along at home. Ooh, we should put this up on, on the website just so people know what we're talking about eventually. Yes. I'll, um, I will tweet this from the from the, uh, from the the Rumble Seat account, <laughs> twitter.com slash from the or FDRS blog. I will tweet it with no context. You all will have to figure out what it means. You got to tag John Boys, though. <laughs> what? Planning soccer at John Boys. Yes, just, yes. just planning soccer. <laughs> No, so oh, we are uh, punchy at 9 p.m. We need to wrap up. <laughs> so if you took the length of highway from O'Keefe's front door to 6th Street, that is a regulation soccer length. If you were to build it all the way across the highway, that is regulation soccer width. My plan here is to tear out the parking in front of O'Keefe and make it a park or stands, but probably a park. Uh, on the far side of the highway, you'd be high up enough that you just cap straight over Williams too and build your stands up against mm -hmm. the parking deck over there. Yep. You know, yep. you have to build, dig some pillars and, and all that jazz, but Williams doesn't need to be a multi-lane street. It can just be one or two. That's fine. NCR becomes viewing, becomes viewing space. Exactly. TV and then towers. On, on the South end, sixth, you could either leave it as a park from there or, or you know, training facility, not training, but like locker room facility, whatever, all the way down to fifth street. Or you could even thread 6th Street through to Abercrombie. It, it takes some, some level changing and stuff. But uh, if you want to say, hey, you're getting rid of this O'Keefe parking, oh, why don't we just borrow that idea from, from capping the connector? And instead of plowing straight through uh, CBT and Alpha Z, we just snake it across this bridge and try and line it up uh, with Abercrombie. You know, maybe... You, Maybe you route it straight into the parking deck and say, hey, this is your new parking option for this. Or you just don't build it at all. And it's park or whatever associated facilities. Maybe it's a pedestrian path uh, that ties into the SQ5 bridge. We're really rolling with this. Um, I hate how well this worked. And then, like you've and, then, and then on the north side, you tie it into the Midtown Alliance's plan to have an alternative bridge across and, and not have to, you know, bike across 10th street and die yeah. at the highway uh you can tie in just pedestrian circulation space from o'keefe uh, and 8th street on the left hand side uh through to uh 8th street if you want to build the bridge or you know ramp down or stairs down in front of ncr or even make one of those like snaking loopy paths up to 9th street uh which is where the bike route is going to come across uh come across all the way from the belt line so you you tie it into the Midtown Alliance and, and tech is trying to make eighth street, um, which ties into, uh, the path by Griffin track, which ties into the eco commons, which eventually hopefully ties all the way into the other side of North side and therefore path parkway and boom, my soccer stadium has just tied the belt line to West Midtown. <laughs> I Half hate how well this worked. You, you know, you know, and, and you know provided meaningful public plaza space in the heart of Midtown. Boom. You know those Instagram posts where it's like there's these soccer stadiums like on like something like the Rock of Gibraltar or like against an iceberg or something like that? This would be one of those stadiums where it's just like, no, this is a truly metro stadium where it is completely wedged. It's a prof it, well, not professional. It could be professional if the MWSL teams plays there, but it's like this is a stadium truly wedged around urbanism. Well, it, it would be it would instantly become the most like iconic modern stadium built in America. Sorry, oh, Truist Park, yeah. screw you. But like, that's not iconic. I mean, I would exactly. have said Mercedes Benz in that spot, but I digress. But I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I'm just it, it's baffled. It's walking distance from Marta. You can bike from it. It inspires biking from the Beltline all the way to West <laughs> Midtown. It completes Georgia Tech's need for a soccer and lacrosse stadium to inspire that. It, hey, Andre Dickens, give me a billion dollars and I will. Oh, more than that. Yeah, I, I just need some two by fours and some grass. Hey, we got the two billion project going on. We just, you know, just grab a few mil from that. Exactly. Maybe. Exactly. This this idea got so much better an hour after we thought of it. Hour and a half. I told you. I told you. Trust me on this one. The extra five minutes of me prepping will be worth it because I was on a roll. So he was on a roll. That is it for our stadium options. I, I just want to really quickly touch on sort of the realistic chances. I think we've hit all the major points in terms of why this, like why tech needs a women's soccer program, why tech needs a soccer program in general, I think, um, and where it would play. But let's talk a little bit about the realistic chances that these plans get off the ground, uh, even if they're not capping the connector related um, Jack, you you recently did an interview with President Angel Cabrera, um, where he he mentioned this point and mentioned having a soccer program, a women's soccer program on on campus. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, no, I straight up asked him like, "Hey, are we gonna add anything?" Because in the back of my head, I forgot like I had known we weren't Title IX compliant for years, and just for whatever reason, I just didn't think to like put that in my outline that I sent him. I was like, "Hey, like, are we gonna add anything?" And then he's like, "Actually, we need to like we." at some point have to have another women's sport. Like this is the, until, I don't know. I have no idea. Now I say that I have no idea what the timetable is. Like if that's within 10 years, within five years or whatever, but like at some point we need one, like to just be, just to be compliant. Um, and he's, I mean, Cabron hell is an, uh, is a very outward going Real Madrid fan. Like soccer is his thing. Um, he, he told me he plays an act like he legitimately plays a part in recruiting European athletes. And we have a freshman from Spain coming in this year for a women's basketball team. Uh, and so, like, he's as invested as anyone ever could be at this level for us, uh, realistically, of, like, who you would get as president of Georgia Tech. Um, and we mentioned in a couple episodes ago that, like, Todd's been pretty uh, – as much as we suck at football, we've been very good at everything else um, and developing the the less and, – and just developing consistency with the less – with not the lesser sports, but just the, the lesser known sports um, – and so if we were to add one, I mean, golf is the easiest because you build literally nothing. You add six scholarships and you're done. Like you just, we already have the Kucher space and you don't play on campus. Soccer though, at the very least, it tugs at Capri's heartstrings a little bit more. Um, he knows about, he like, he knows about the Atlanta and the United stuff. He's talked with Darren Eels in the past. He's buddy, buddy with, with, uh, with Mary Dickens right now. Like they're, they just text each other. Like he legitimately texted him to get him to do the commencement speech for my graduation in the spring. Uh, so, I, I don't know what that means financially, what that means with the new investment coming in. Um, just all the realistic issues, like, we don't know. What we do know is that Cabrera likes this idea a lot, which is as much as we've gotten. To be clear, time, he likes the concept of a women's soccer program. He likes the concept Jake's, of having a women's soccer not team. Not Jake's scheme of capping the No, we're not talking about, yeah, we're just talking about a, a team existing. To I'd be, love but to know also, to be fair, we haven't the asked him to comment. But. Yeah, and also the capping the connector was a actively sought project by the city for a while. I don't remember if that was Kasim or uh, Mayor Bottoms that it, we did the, the bulk of that work, but it, it recently got shelved. Um, so it's not happening as of now. Um, it was going to be, I think, a mix of parks, possibly some building something, just something to make it usable that wasn't highway space. Um, but all that to say, um, yeah, I mean, we have to add a sport. Cabrera wants us to add something. 
they have to. Uh, this is the key part here: is they still have to do. I forgot how he specifically how he worried worded it. You can go listen to my Tech Lively episode about it. Uh, it's near the end, but basically they have to do. They still have to evaluate like what actually is going to be best for the institute and what they can feasibly do. So that process still has to happen, which tells me it's not anytime soon the next varsity sports coming unless they just on a whim decide to add golf because they're going to do their due diligence. They're going to figure out what's actually doable, what's best for the institute, what like as we said. Other stuff, what drives in the money? You need it. I mean, the AA is always going to, it probably will be the most profitable sport, is what they choose, honestly, for the AA. Um, so I mean, that's that's where we're at. We need to be Title IX compliant. Um, you want to actually, you want to mention the CreateX part? Um, I went to a CreateX session with uh, Todd Stansbury in 2018, shortly after he was hired. He had a lot of interesting stuff to say. I think I've done a write up about it for, for from the Rumble seat. Um, but he did similarly mention, like, hey, we need to, based on the success that we had hosting Atlanta United, like this is an option for us, right? We know that this, this is something that can make us a lot of money. And in a, in an environment where we're constantly sort of fighting for market share, um, that gives us an advantage, right? That, that, that can help us out um, if we're able to do it right. uh, And if we're able to, you know, put, put together a proper plan. So um, it, it, it makes a lot of sense from a market and from a um, from an institutional perspective, right? We we talked a lot of earlier about that. You know, it's a draw for international students. It's a draw for uh, international culture. It, it solves it solves maybe not the right word, but it adds so much to your campus culture if you're able to start a program that speaks an international language, for lack of a better yeah. term. Right? I also I just I forgot about this note. I want to shout out my cousin Estella. She legitimately texted me. It was like. Hey, does Tech have a women's soccer team? Like, she legitimately was like, "Hey, I would want to play here," and I'm like, I, "We just have club, but I, maybe one day we'll have it. I don't know." But like, it's like, okay, family members are asking if they can come play for Tech. <laughs> like, and, and, and that's not nothing. Like, that's that's anecdotal. That's anecdotal and means probably nothing in the grand scheme of things. But it's like, okay, no, like, there's at least someone out there that like would do it if we had it. Right. From Virginia, from Virginia, not Georgia, from Virginia. It's something that Jake and I have talked about a lot when it comes to some of those non-rev sports and why students are coming here, right? You're, you're able to get an education. You're able to play and per- compete at the highest level in, in pretty good facilities. But m- the most part for some of the, why some of these kids are coming here is to get that education and get a high quality degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and soccer, while it isn't going to be a revenue generator, right? It's not going to be a high level revenue generator, like a, like a football, just because of the TV rights and everything. But it is still going to be a driver of culture. It's going to be a driver of success in those other non-financial factors, just like yeah. a lot of those non-revenue sports are. Cool. We've hit awkward silence. So I think that means we're just about done for the night. It is also getting late on the East Coast. Um, Mr. Grant, do you have anything else for us tonight? Uh, if anybody releases a plan to uh, cap the connector with a soccer stadium in the near future, I will come and find you and I will yell at you because that's my idea. So thank you. Mr. Purdy, how about you? I all have to say, I really hope we, I really hope we get women's soccer one day. It's going to be so good. The culture is here. We're, we're ready for something like this. We're ready for the expansion. So if we get it, that'd be great. In the meantime, please go watch our women's volleyball, basketball and all softball and all the other sports. Absolutely. Mr. Grant, feel free to take us home. 
at FTRS blog uh, on Twitter from the rumble seat doc uh, at gmail.com. Also from the rumble seat uh, You can find us in all these places, comment, subscribe, send us notes, uh, especially if you like this. Uh, and especially if you have a billion dollars to give to my hair brained uh, connector cap scheme and also bike path scheme. Uh, if you have any feedback for us, please let us know, uh, comment, uh, all of it, really. Uh, I don't want to sound desperate, but I read any of them that do come in. Um, and, and if they're good or bad, uh, I send it to, to, to Jack and Akshay as well. Um, if you want to find myself on Twitter, that's at jgrant98 at uh, Twitter, uh, and then at Jack Nicholas uh, for Jack Akshay. People have found him in the past, uh, but uh, he does not want me to actively say what that's. So uh, if you do find I'm him, a ghost. Uh, I didn't send you. Uh, we'll be his it, proxy. And if you don't, then, well, you're, you're not missing much because he never tweets. But um, let us know uh, if you have any thoughts, comments. Uh, it, not to say it's going to be a long summer, but we have a flexible summer is the right way to put that. And uh, we'll be in touch with you, uh, if not next week, then the week after that. So uh, enjoy in the meantime. <laughs>